It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff. Welcome, and today on The Ted Huff Show, we have psychic medium Raymond Guzman. He's an author of two books. We'll be talking about one of them today. Ray, welcome to the show. Give the audience a sneak peek into who Raymond is. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show, Ted. Uh, I can, must say that this is a, quite an experience for me, and it's been a wonderful journey. Uh, I am a practicing psychic medium, as you may know, but uh, it goes beyond that. I'm also an author, a blogger, and a vlogger. So there's a lot of different varieties uh, and aspects to what I, who I am and what I do. So, um, just to give you a little bit of background of where we're at right now, um, in the present, uh, right now I am uh, working with a lot of people around the world, internationally, people in Europe, Germany, France, Australia, and basically, um, I do readings online, uh, either through email via email or through chat, through a Facebook private chat environment. And I basically bring closure and healing messages to them. Um, but going back, you know, um, there's other things that, you know, through my life that I've had experiences since a child, uh, I've always had, and this is a family gift. So it's, I'm a third generation psychic medium. Um, my mom had, has the abilities and she's still living. And then, um, somewhere on my grandma's side of the family, there was another, uh, clairvoyant as well. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess my earliest memory is my mom talking about seeing spirits and, and, um, seeing them in the house and seeing them in different places. And one memory that stood out a lot to me was when I was around, I believe, eight or nine years old, we had went to the cemetery and we were visiting and it was my mom and myself and we were just standing there. This was during summertime, so I wasn't, you know, in school. And I want to say it was like around midday. We were there and we just heard our names called out. Rosie, that's my mom's name, Rosie. And, uh, my name is Raymond. So it was Raymond. And we both looked at each other and we had this moment that was an aha moment. Like, you know, it was validation, I guess, for my mom that she, you know, that she wasn't just hearing things. It was actually something that I heard myself. And, um, it was just so validating, you know, now that I look back at it myself, you know, I had all these little odd experiences you know, prior to that, I've had, you know, haunted objects in the household when I was much younger. And that freaked me out completely um, when I saw spirits inside of it um, and they were making faces at me. And so I told my mom what was going on. She removed the objects from the house and threw them away. So, you know, it's just been like little different occurrences throughout my whole life. Um, you know, I attended a Montessori school. So, you know, I got a, a different type of upbringing, a lot of more one-on-one um, -on -one with my teachers. So I've always been academically driven, um, and that's part of, you know, what ties into what I do now. I feel like a lot of, you know, my whole, you know, experiences was my focus throughout my, um, my high school and junior high and, you know, all of these different uh, grades in school was just, you know, learning, and I was very academic. I was actually going to be valid Victorian of my, um, high school class, but we consolidated two high schools. So 
But, you know, I'm also an artist. I love drawing, doing, you know, art. I took five years of it. I'm also bilingual, so I speak Spanish um, fluently, can read it and write it. And there's there's so many different things, you know, but for the most part, I think my whole journey has consisted of, you know, just uh, meshing the worlds of the paranormal with, you know, who I am as a person and and realizing that there's nothing to fear. But I think a lot of, you know, people that would be listening to this podcast today may be going through their own personal experiences in the world that are paranormal in nature and perhaps are listening and they'll have that aha moment, you know, something that applies to them where they can say, you know, I maybe have gone through that. I've heard voices and I'm not just imagining or I've seen spirit, you know, somewhere in my in my journey. You know, I've seen a, a, an apparition of a ghost or something or as a child, I had an imaginary friend. You know, these are the things that I went through. Um, you know, when a lot of people that are listening right now are going through this as a child um, who went through this myself, if you have a child out there that is um, gifted per se, and they're going through, you know, a paranormal experiences, uh, a lot of them that are natural born psychics or mediums and they're, they're children, they're going to have fear of, of the darkness at nighttime. So I suggest that they have a nightlight to help them. Um, and if you are a parent dealing with this, the first thing that, you know, most parents want to jump to and think is that this is something that's psychological with them. That's kind of like the first, you know, aha moment they're thinking, oh, well, let me just try to explain it with, you know, evidence, scientific evidence, but Use some logic and trying try to get some logic in there, huh? Exactly. So, you know, if they're going through this, um, you know, your child is telling you, I'm seeing, you know, Susie or I'm seeing Alan or someone and you can't see it. Don't dismiss it as something is just as their imagination. Try to read a little bit more into it. Be open to it. And if you must get validation from a psychiatrist or a psychologist, you know, once that, that they have been ruled out as being, you know, sane and there's nothing wrong, maybe just they're kind of hyper you know, look into it a little bit more, keep a, you know, have them or keep a journal, have them doodle, pay attention to the sketches that they, they make, because a lot of children are more, they think more with their mind. I know for myself, I always would draw spirit, you know, and stick figures and things that I would see. And so I feel like a lot of children can express things in that way. So the parents can kind of understand, you know, what they're going through, what they're feeling and, um, and just know that, you know, there may be other occurrences that they have other experiences such as, you know, um, you know, being afraid, like I said, of certain areas or, you know, they feel that they're touched by spirit. These are common things that we go through, but, you know, there's just so many experiences that I've had over my course of my life that, um, it's too many to, to discount. And, and I feel like, you know, through this whole journey, I've learned so much about myself and, and now I'm just trying to use my platform to help others, uh, come out of the psychic closet if they have, you know, spiritual <laughs> abilities, kind of, you know, get to a better understanding of who they are and not be afraid because ultimately it's, it all boils down to social conditioning and fear-based training. You know, um, the society, you know, that we, the culture that we're in right now, I believe now it's a lot different. There's more people, wouldn't you say that there's more people that are accepting now of spirituality and that kind of thing? Yeah, no, I, I think that the, uh, the this is just a discussion I was having yesterday uh, with a future guest on, on the show as well. And, 
you know, the, the mind, body, spirituality connection is, is definitely growing a lot more. Um, and so, so it's, it's kind of interesting and a lot of fun to really see the folks that have been very um, scientific about how to train and test and grow their physical body um, have started to move over to the spiritual side to try and figure out now how do I grow my mind and my spiritual connection. So that's something definitely seeing, and and those folks who have typically been naysayers um, have 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 really started to to change their perspective, and even um, as recently had same similar discussions with with some some folks that are are, are Christian and very very strictly Christian, and and feel that um, it's it's not a good thing. Um, but, but it's interesting to see their, their perspective of, well, there is a place for it. And the, uh, the, the, the thought process around why is it considered bad? And so they, they, they start to really think about that, which has been really, really cool to see. I agree because, um, you know, and I feel like you like exactly just, you know, hitting on what you just said is spot on, you know, about people becoming more accepting of, you know, psychics, healers, Reiki masters and whatnot. And I would say evidence of, of that, you know, is if you go around your community, a lot of places now have metaphysical shops, things that you wouldn't have typically seen in the 80s or 70s, you know, maybe the, in the 80s or early 90s, you wouldn't have seen a lot of crystal shops or metaphysical shops or, you know, places that sell new age type of things, you know, items and um, there's a lot more psychic shops and psychic readers that are more available and prominent throughout the world. So I think the biggest misconception, Ted, honestly, is a lot of people tuning in would, you know, some people would associate um, a psychic medium as a fortune teller, someone who's a gypsy, you know, that wears a scarf, has a big crystal ball and, you know, is just telling people their futures. Um, and that's not what we, what I do or what other psychic mediums do. You know, um, yes, there is some future insight that we do give to people, um, you know, to help them along the way if we're given that from spirit. Um, so I always work with my spirit guides. Uh, I'm very much into meditation and prayer. Um, I find that, you know, being that I, I came from a past uh, that involved a lot of bullying in school um, and going through, you know, um, other personal issues like anorexia, I dealt with that. You know, I found now that in my life that, um, you know, praying and meditating are essential tools to just being grounded as a person and helping me, you know, kind of open myself to the possibility that my gift and other people out there, you know, that have gifts as well in the world can really connect to a higher power to help other people. So, you know, like I said, it's just, it's amazing to, to, to meditate and to really kind of understand a little bit more about yourself and, you know, your gift and my gift in particular and how it works and, and just providing healing messages and closure to people. So, so when you start talking about meditation, um, you know, what, what does that mean to you? Cause, cause there's, everybody sure. has their own different ideas. Um, some people think that you have to sit down, you have to completely think of absolutely nothing. Others sure. think you need to, to, to have a chant or a mantra that you have to continue to go through. Um, I mean, there's, there's just so many different perspectives of how to meditate. What, what does that mean to you and, and how, what is your meditation routine and feel like and, and look like? Meditation for me means uh, clearing my mind from any 
kind of thought that I have going on during the daytime or at, at any time, you know, that I meditate, just clearing everything, all worries and push them to the, to the background getting rid of everything that's electronic. I think we live in a world right now where everything is just electronically based. Uh, technology is good. Yes, it's good, but I feel it disconnects humanity on many levels and it makes us almost feel like we can't, um, you know, sort of robotic. We don't feel, we don't interact. If you go around places now, you know, people are just looking constantly down at their phone. They're not looking at each other or having conversations. So um, meditation for me is essentially just disconnecting, you know, from, uh, not so much from reality, but just disconnecting from your day to day, you know, activities and thought processes. And one of the ways that I love to meditate is something, um, that I do and I'll explain it. So basically it's a visualization technique. And what I'll do is I'll visualize myself, um, sitting down like I am now. And I would visualize myself sitting down on a chair in an open field of, you know, of roses and flowers out there. And basically what I that do has is nothing to do with your shirt, right? No, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it kind of correlates. You could say that. Sorry. I didn't uh, mean to interrupt. That's a good one. No, no, no. Um, and so basically I just, you know, visualize myself sitting out in the open field and I picture a white light coming from the sky down through the center of my uh, top of my head going in through my body. And I'm visualizing the inside of my body filling up with this white light going all the way down through my feet. And then I picture my, this is where it gets kind of weird. A lot of listeners out there may be thinking he's kind of crazy. So um, I'll picture my feet kind of turning into roots, like a tree root, mm -hmm. um, going into the ground and um, basically becoming one with the ground, um, with Mother Earth. And then picturing a lot of that light going back up, all the way back up to the sky. And I'll do this for about two to three minutes, just sitting down. And then I will just open up my eyes and basically I'm done. But other ways that I do, you know, uh, meditation is picking up a notepad and just kind of like doodling or um, even like adult coloring. You know, a lot of people now do adult coloring books. Um, it, it's minor things that you can do if you're, you know, putting your attention and focus on that. It's going to help you uh, meditate. So but like you said, there's so many ways you can do it in the shower when you're showering, just closing your eyes, letting the sound of water, you know, hit you. And just relaxing. There's people that like to get massages, get um, spa treatments, you know, facials. And during that time, our pedicures are manis and they can meditate. It, it really is up to you, like you said. So, so you see the, the meditation as being more of a way to, to disconnect, really, from, yes. from the, the continual thinking of what do I have to do? What needs to be done? What does so-and-so think? Exactly. Because if we're, you know, constantly in a state of, you know, worrying or stress, it disconnects us from our higher self. And it, it really doesn't allow you to really get in tune with your, your intuition at a stronger, you know, level than a lot of people would normally, you know, try to, to do so without meditation. Um, and it also find, I find that it helps heal your body and it helps heal your, your soul. So a lot of people that would be going through emotional trauma or going through a rough divorce or a separation in the relationship or anything in their life, you know, financial stress, meditation can help you center yourself, um, to the point where you kind of can deal and cope with it a lot better. There's a lot of coping mechanisms that people, you know, will utilize and meditation is usually one of the last things on their mind. You know, some people will turn to, you know, cigarettes or some people, People will turn to going to the gym. So it's, I, it's just up to you. 
Okay. Okay. No, and that, that's really good. That's it's a consistent theme that I hear from a lot of folks is meditation yeah. helps. Meditation helps. Um, it, it's easier said than done. Um, it is. One thing it really that I've is. also been told. <laughs> uh, so, so as far as, uh, getting it in, um, you know, they're, they're for some people, uh, you mentioned going to the gym for some people, that's a, a what I would call a moving meditation where they're, they're focused in on that particular repetition or that particular exercise or that particular muscle or that particular body part. And so, so it stops the thought process of, uh, I need to pick up milk on the way home. Um, <laughs> I, need to I get, know I need to get that report out by the end of the week. Um, I, I need to complete that project. It, it really allows them to stop that. So one thing that you mentioned, um, that I'd like to dive deeper into is the whole expanding intuition. Cause I, I think from my perspective, we all have a level of intuition and, and sure. the, the the part that that I'm I'm looking for some some this is going to be a little uh, self-serving here everybody how do you separate intuition from just straight up fear you know so sometimes you you may you may feel like something bad is going to happen and it's just some silly idea that you've come up with because of something but sometimes it could be intuition so how how can people, or, or is there a way um, better <laughs> to, to really separate those two? That's a very good question. I'm, I'm glad that you asked that. Intuition is something that doesn't go away. It's constantly at the forefront of your thoughts and your feelings and your inner psyche. And so it's something that keeps speaking to you at a subconscious level and also at a conscious level. And when it's more fear-based or it's something like paranoia, it's something where if someone, you know, has a feeling that, you know, something is going on or something's going to happen and then they, you know, speak to someone and they come to the realization after speaking to them that they feel more settled in that moment and that's it. it that feeling goes away. They don't have it constantly, you know, replaying or reoccurring in their life. Then that would be considered more like something that is more fear or more paranoia. If it's intuition, it's going to be something that constantly will be there and it's not going to go away, you know, until it's either validated by yourself, meaning that it's something that you, you know, you come to discover that it's actual, not just your imagination, it's coming true, uh, or it comes to pass or, you know, it's something that is playing out right now. And then you receive some type of validation, you know, along the lines, you know, in a couple of hours, days, minutes. Okay. So, so you're, and, and so you're thinking the, the intuition's a, a much shorter, shorter term thing. And if it, if it's something that, that is longer term or stretches out a little bit further, it's more uh, self-realization. Is that kind of a good way to explain it? Yes. Uh, if it's intuition, I feel it's more long-term in, in its connection, you know, meaning that it's going to be there and speak longer to you. If it's fear, sometimes those are short-lived and it's not something that is, is going to be playing out for, you know, for a long time. But with the intuition, sometimes you can get validation right then and there. And it may be something like a lot of us that are psychic or have that psychic ability clairvoyance, you know, we may not get the validation right then and there. It could be weeks or months after that we're tuning into something that's more future oriented. So, I mean, it just depends. I think we all have a certain level of intuition, but a lot of us have closed it off when um, people are going through health uh, problems and their family in particular, and they're in the hospital. A lot of times we'll receive validation or know more or less 
intuitively that their loved one is going to cross over, you know, at a certain time. And then they receive that phone call, you know, so-and-so crossed, you know, it has passed. And then that's validation to a lot of people who have intuitive abilities that, you know, they weren't just imagining it. It was a connection that was there. So I think we use it every day, but we just don't realize, you know, to the magnitude, it could be just something so simple as knowing the outcome that you're going to run out of gas but you're, you know, well, you just I mean, don't want to go to that gauge gas station. on the car that helps with that. It'd be really well, nice yeah. if we, we had a gauge for our intuition. You know, we know. we know whether our intuition's full of, of good stuff or if it's empty yeah. or full of BS. So, you know, it'd be nice to know that. So, <laughs> so kind of going on beyond the whole idea of, of a, a gauge of, of how well our intuition is working, what things can our listeners and, and our viewers, what can we do to grow that intuition? I mean, obviously you sure. mentioned you mentioned meditation. And I think that probably would help a lot. But there are probably sure. other things to pay attention to, to look at, to act on that would help us get a little bit closer to leveraging intuition a little bit more. One thing that I uh, would like to say is that if you feel like you have intuitive abilities and you're just not sure on how to get them stronger, one of the things that you can do is just if you have like a set of poker cards or playing cards, just pull them out. Right. And kind of like sh shuffle them around um, and then or have someone there with you shuffling them and just pull maybe one card and then hold on to the card upside down. Don't turn it over, but kind of feel what color it could be, what, you know, um, whether it's a spade or it's hearts or diamonds, you know, and, uh, or just the color is, is it red, a red card? Does it have black on it? What image do you feel? I think these are training exercises that a lot of people can do to help build their, um, their intuition. When you turn it over, a lot of people will be surprised how intuitive you know, they, they were and they were right. It's not so much a guessing game, but it's more, um, training yourself. Also eliminating fear that you have when you're trusting your intuition or trying to, to strengthen it, just trusting what you feel and see or what you just feel intuitively that's going to be an outcome. A lot of people will do this. A good example is like when there's a, a Super Bowl a Super Bowl game or any kind of football game, a lot of people will put their money on betting, you know, into a certain team. They don't know who's going to win, obviously, right? So, but they intuitively kind of think, you know, it could be this, I'm going to just go for this team. But you have to ask yourself, why are you going for that team? Or why are you, you know, going, you know, what is drawing you to that? Is it because they're your, your favorite team? Or is it because they have a good track history? Or is it really your intuitive abilities that are speaking to you? So I think these are, you know, good different, you know, ways to kind of approach this and really look into it that intuitive abilities is not something that is really like makes us an alien, but it's something that is very much a part of who we are on a daily basis and helps us, you know, discover a little bit more about our intuitive abilities. <laughs> good, good. Let me see. See, I was trying to be intuitive and it didn't work. I put away my notes and just didn't work. So you'd mentioned earlier that you, you've got a lot of projects going on and a lot of different things going on. So kind of help us understand some of the projects. You've got a vlog going on on YouTube. That thing is crazy active. I mean, it's like Thank you. I, I feel like every... Every 15, 20 minutes, I get one of the alerts telling me Ray, Raymond's posted something new. Raymond's posted yeah. something new. It's it's fantastic. Some of the things that you've produced blew my mind. You and I talked about it a while ago. There was a very famous rapper that you 
done a reading for because you do celebrity readings and they've yes. been so spot on. It, it's it's kind of scary sometimes. <laughs> you hit him and then just like two weeks after doing that, this this big big uproar happened around him and his family and what his family actually consisted of and a whole bunch of other things. So sorry, I'm off on my tangent with that one. No, that's okay. Um, you also do, um, horoscopes. You do, yes. you do what daily you do weekly, daily, you weekly and monthly and yearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so what other projects do you got going on? I mean, I know you've got well, a lot going on on YouTube. Um, well, you are going to get the exclusive because prior to you, your podcast, no one else knows this. I think I've, I mentioned it to you in private, but one of my newest projects that I'm working on right now uh, is my book. It's called Starseed Footsteps, and uh, I've you know talked about it on social media. One of the other projects that I'm working on right now, which is in, I'm creating my own set of Oracle cards and, um, (laughs) yeah, it is. And, and, and how I did it was using my own, uh, abilities, kind of crafting these cards in a way where people who would be able to use them that are new, new, you know, new to spirituality would be able to look at the card and not have to necessarily go into a booklet because I have a lot of decks that I use mainly to read for myself. I don't use them to read clients, you know, uh, but basically because I can't read myself, but you have to constantly refer back to a booklet or a manual to kind of uh, interpret the meaning. But on my cards that I'm creating, which is very exciting, there's going to be 41 cards in this deck. And, um, and the cards itself, they're going to be like self-explanatory. You just look at the image and it's going to have, you know, uh, like a brief title of what that card means. So people that would be going through relationship issues, you know, they would be able if they pull that card, they'll know, you know, this is about my relationship and kind of the way that I depicted a lot of these images. Basically, you don't even have to look at that. Just looking at the image, you'll know more or less what's the meaning of the card. So um, I don't want to give too many details. Uh, I think I think that that's good, man. That's good. It's definitely um, something that you're the first one, uh, first person to interview me that um, is, is actually here in this worldwide. And um, I'm just so excited. And I really look forward to having these out sometime in 2019. And then going back to my book, it's uh, Starseed Footsteps, and basically this is a book, um, and I wrote it um, in, an, in a way where each chapter kind of covers a different spiritual topic that people all over the world, my clients have ha- asked me over and over repetitively. And so what I've done is I've taken a lot of these questions and dissected them down to the most simplest form and wrote a book which each chapter kind of breaks down that topic and that question and answers it, but in a way where it's user-friendly and it's easy to interpret and and to kind of help them navigate their own world right now, you know, wherever they're at in their life. Um, There's a chapter that basically covers everything. And it it also provides within a lot of these chapters um, tools that they can utilize, you know, everyday type of things to kind of, you know, help them, you know, find a solution to whatever problem they're, they're going through in their life or whatever they may be experiencing. So just, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be amazing. I, I know that you got to get a snippet if you want to talk about it. That's absolutely fine. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, I, Raymond was was uh, kind enough to give me a, a preview into the book. Um, it it, it um, definitely hits on a lot of different areas. Um, there are things in there that when you start to read it, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to give up too much, Raymond. Yeah. I, I want to make sure <laughs> that they pick up the book. Uh, but absolutely, it, it definitely gives you views and thoughts and and really some of the things you're like. I didn't think of that being a, a symbol or a sign or that that could have been part of, of the spirit world or that could have been my intuition kicking in. And it, it's, it's a really nice book. I read books differently than most people. Um, I go to the, to the um, table of contents and I find the <laughs> items that sound really cool to me or something that sounds interesting to me. So I never read it be, from front, from cover to front cover to back cover. I typically bounce around. Um, and the nice part about this book is it's, it's designed to, to be able to support someone with a ADHD type personality like myself. So, uh, it, it, it's, it's really good. And, and I think uh, everyone will enjoy it. Talking through some of the things that, that you've, you've gone through. Um, we talked on it earlier, uh, in, in, in the session and what, what kind of, of things have have you come across that is you know you would say biggest failure biggest setback um that really really set you up to uh to succeed and start to to push forward with with your journey i was working at a, a store called hobby lobby and i was a cashier at that store and i remember one of my clients uh well one of the i was a cashier and i was checking them out and one of one of the guys that came through my line, he looked at me and he said, what are you doing working here? And that was the aha moment, like a trigger, you know, and I wondered why did he say that, you know, but I didn't want to ask him at the moment, you know, what he saw. He was just like, you don't belong here. And he said that to me, but not in a rude or condescending type of way, but he saw something in me, a potential that maybe perhaps I didn't see. And, you know, I think back and perhaps he was maybe intuitive himself and he knew or could see something that I couldn't see. But I remember his words exactly were, what are you doing working here? you don't really belong here. You're not like everyone else. And I was like, what does he even mean by that? And I guess it wasn't until, you know, uh, my last job working at a manufacturing facility company, um, scheduling and doing all of that, um, that I really, you know, just felt disconnected. And I know because on that job I was interviewed and I remember my instincts and my guts was that I was going to get the job, but I shouldn't take it. But I had to take it out of necessity. And I think a lot of people out there that would be listening to this podcast may be going through that same thing where, you know, they go to apply for a job and perhaps they feel like, you know, during their interview that that job's not for them. But they just go ahead and push through anyway because it's a job and they they take it. Because you don't just wake up one day and just say, I'm going to be a psychic medium or, you know, start reading people uh -huh. or doing Reiki. <laughs> You just don't. And, and it wasn't until I went through a path of self-discovery, you know, that I really understood that this was my calling. And it doesn't feel like what I do doesn't feel like a job. It feels something that is just fulfilling on every single level to know that you're helping make change and bring change into the world. Would you say that your your final moment uh, to really follow your, your calling was that that health scare? 
Yeah, uh, it definitely was the health scare. It was to the point where I was just getting panic attacks and I just couldn't function at the job. And so um, I just, you know, didn't know what to do, but just to resign one day and just said, you know what, I'm going to just quit. I took a chance. And basically after that, then I had a near death experience. And after that, uh, a couple of months later, I started uh, embarking more solidly uh, on my spiritual journey. One thing that you've mentioned to me in the past that was really interesting, you don't just help people when they say, hey, Remy, can you give me a reading? And these are the things I want to I want to know, you know, am I going to find the one Raymond? I want to know all these different things that, that are very self-centered and self-focused. You've participated and helped in in some law enforcement stuff, too, to really help people get closure. Kind of help us understand, like, what what that's like and how that's different when i read people like like you explain to the audiences i tend to provide them with um, you know, tools that they can utilize in their daily life. Um, these could be, you know, things that they need to change that I see that would be a recurring pattern for them in their life. Let's say the person is um, in a relationship, but they're always choosing the same type of person. My spirit guides, you know, they kind of help me you know, help that person and help them identify certain, you know, action plans that they need to set in place to help them navigate and help them stop feeling vulnerable and empower them to accept who they are to a point where I think a lot of people are living in a cycle of repeating certain things because sometimes we can't see things from, you know, our own lives that we're living. It takes somebody else from the outside to kind of pinpoint or tell you, hey, you know, this maybe needs to change or this, you could do this a little bit differently and this will set you in a new tra trajectory. So I don't like doing missing person cases as a psychic medium. And the reason for that is because for one, uh, we use a lot of our energy. And I think a lot of people may not understand that when you're using a lot of your medium abilities that it's so draining physically because as a physical medium that I am, um, there's mental mediums and there's physical mediums. But with the physical mediums, we start to take on to the symptoms of the person who passed. So if the person passed, let's say, in uh, a murder and they were stabbed, I'm going to be able to feel all of that. Um, and it's, you know, it's something that in that split moment, it doesn't kill me. No, it doesn't kill me, but it's not pleasant. And then I can see certain, you know, things that happen. So this one instance in this one case, uh, I have a, a client that is also a friend. She's out of California and, um, one of her friends, uh, her sister was missing. She went missing and they hadn't been able to find her over a year. Um, and they just wanted closure. The family more or less knew the outcome or the probability um, but the case went ran cold. It was still open. And um, she just provided me a photo of her sister. That's all I asked for um, for mediumship readings. I don't ask any questions or probe them. I just asked for a photograph of the person that passed. And I remember um, getting, you know, visions immediately um, of this this lady um, being she was from Upper California. So somewhere around San Francisco. Um, and I remember she went missing. I, I saw Los Angeles. So I knew that she was in Los Angeles and I knew that she was in a certain location. So I gave descriptions of where the, the body would have been. And um, I described the place uh, maybe about two months later down the road after they actually found that body working on that, wow. you know, with that person. So they found her and she came back and she validated that for me. Um, and, you know, even though it was so rewarding to 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 know that it was also soul crushing because the work that I do, you can't be someone that is just, you know, um, 
void of emotion. It, it really, you know, makes you get emotional and it really um, tugs at your heartstrings because, you know, it's a life that was a, of, of a person that was once living. So, you know, it really hurts me, um, you know, to hear that that person, you know, was confirmed dead, you know, murdered. Yeah. But it was a murder case. Oof. Oof. Now, uh, in, anytime you, you, you run into that scenario, it, it's nice to see that you were able to give those folks closure um, yeah. in, in their, with, their, with their family. But it, it's always, uh, it's, it's, it's always a, not a fun ending to the story, right? No. Anything that's involved in the world of spiritualism, it's not easy. And it's, it takes you know, your energy. Um, if you're empathic, you're going to take on a lot of that energy. You're going to feel sad. It's going to play with your emotions. Yeah, so you, you brought up something um, just a moment ago that I'm aware of, but a lot of the folks watching and listening may not be aware of, is it the different types of a mediumship modalities so that they can understand that it's not they're they're not all the same not not every medium can 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 do the same thing as the other so it's not all the same right well um you know there's mental mediums and then there's physical mediums and with the mental mediums basically they utilize more of their psychic ability and they also can you know um feel certain things of how a person passed but it's not to the point where certain things can manifest with a physical medium we tend to get sicker a lot physical mediums um, can live a shorter lifetime because we are constantly using our body to really take on a lot of you know the energy of the dead or the, the person that passed on from spirit. We use a lot more of our body, our physical body, to um, channel a lot of that energy through you know, the person that's passed on. Because a spirit is basically someone who no longer is in corporeal form. They're not in human form. So they're now a spirit. In energy, a soul is energy. And basically energy cannot be destroyed. It just um, it's constantly in a different state or a different dimension. So in order for that spirit to come towards us as mediums, they see like a light that people can't see, but it's almost like if you have at nighttime your porch light on and there's all these bugs that are around, as soon as you turn on that light, every bug is going to yeah. flock to you. That's kind of how a medium is. Um, it's in the, in the spirit world. All these um, souls are collected and they're there in a state of consciousness. And when they see a medium or a medium is around them, then all of these spirits tend to kind of flock towards that person um, at any given time, any place that I'm at. Um, there could be several spirits that I am starting to tune in or, you know, there's a lot of different aspects. Now, a lot of people that are mediums are not psychics and a lot of psychics um, are not mediums. And then there's people that are both psychics and mediums. So with your psychic abilities, there's they, we call them the four clairs. That's clairvoyance, clairaudience, claircognizance, and clairsentience. And basically these can are comprised of our five senses, touch, taste, smell, hearing, and feeling, and sensing. So basically, clairvoyance, you're basically seeing things through your third eye, um, and it's like visions. It's almost like a, a tele television screen playing in front of you. Uh, with your clear audience, it's a uh, clear hearing. And sometimes you can hear it through your regular ears, but a lot of times you'll hear it telepathically. And sometimes it's not 
uh, any different than hearing your own voice. It could be spirit, you know, utilizing your voice. So you're going to hear your own voice or thoughts talking to you and you're thinking, am I crazy? Am I losing it? And it's not, you know, am I here? I'm kind of kooky. I'm kind of hearing, you know, myself talk to me. You need help here, you know, Jim. And it's not that, you know, it's, it's clear audience. Then with your clear cognizance, it's just basically a clear, clear knowing. There's no way that you would know that a certain uh, thing happened at a certain time, a place, you know, or event occurred, but you just know it. And there's no way of you knowing how you know it, but you just do. And with the clairsentience, that's more like your empaths, you know, you feel clairsensing. So basically you would just sense certain things, um, sense a certain outcome or sense, you know, that this is going to happen or that that happened in the past. So, you know, these are the psychic abilities and the ones that I described uh, earlier are the mediumship abilities. That's great. That's extremely helpful. It's kind of um, makes me think of uh, <laughs> as, as a kid. Uh, my my grandfather uh, would would always say, "It's okay to talk to yourself." Sure. <laughs> it's okay to talk to yourself when you say "huh." That's when you know you're in trouble. And I guess we could throw in there unless you're clairvoyant. So, but you know, um, I wanted to to say something else about that. You know, a lot of people that would be listening to this that are maybe skeptic or just not really open to it. You know. But there is a research facility there in Arizona. I can't remember the name of it offhand, but they have tested a lot of psychic mediums or people that are mediums, and they actually have studied the brainwave activity of these people, you know, and they have found that um, in our brains of people that have spiritual abilities that are really in tune with it, basically um, a part of their brain starts stops working and it, it, they can see it on the screen and they've done a lot of studies of that so you know a lot of people that would be listening and saying you know well I just don't you know really believe it um, you know just go out there google this like I said there's scientific studies that they've done about psychics and mediums and how they can tell in the brainwave activity and actually have like a 3D imaging of the brain and it, they can see that there are some certain um, pattern changes within the brain, uh, brain wavelength and energy that's put out. Well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That, that, uh, th- those folks who, um, need that, that validation through scientific process, uh, that's, that's really helpful to, to be able to have something like that, to to really drive them through there. It's funny. We can have faith in many, many different things, but when it doesn't align with, uh, with what we've been taught throughout our lives, uh, how we, we immediately decide that we have to get proof through science, scientific process. So I always found that interesting. We can, um, faith, faith is, a is a, is a thing that, that only us humans have. And, um, we, we like to, uh, put it into a little bit of bitty box and, say this is all faith can be so well it's just like air you know we breathe in air and we can't always see it unless there's like hydrogen or you know some way that you can see it you know but you know you have that expectation like you said that you're going to need oxygen to breathe and and it's there but you just can't see it but you're breathing it and you know that you know science says that you know if you don't have oxygen you can't live right so it's the same thing with our spiritual abilities they're there they may not be visible on the exterior so people can really see them but in the interior and then when we start communicating with other people uh, and interacting with them you know then this when you know validation comes through and um, they're kind of left with that aha moment because I think a lot of people are skeptic or they just can't understand until they actually interact with a psychic medium or with a psychic or a Reiki person you know and then they, they kind of understand a little bit of the process. 
So what would, what would you, uh, how would you explain to, to somebody who is, and it, other than having the experience, um, how, how would you explain to someone who is a skeptic that just believes, and again, we're going into the faith thing again, but believes that, that psychics and mediums are just really, really good mentalists? You know, um, that's a good question. I, before actually embarking on this journey, I would, I was what I would consider a skeptic myself. Um, even though I had had all these paranormal experiences in my childhood, um, up until adulthood, a part of me didn't want to believe. And this is the resistance that a lot of people have that they don't want to believe. I would say, you know, kind of go back to your childhood, go back when you were more innocent and not programmed by society or by your upbringing, you know, and go back to your, your younger years when you were young. And a lot of you out there would remember an imaginary friend, or you may imagine, uh, remember seeing shadow shadows, you know, around you or things that you just couldn't explain. Um, go back to that time, you know, in your life in a lot of that, a lot of times there's things that stand out that we really don't focus on. But if we go back in our memory, there may have been this aha moment for us that, you know, we couldn't explain it. Science couldn't explain it, but there was something there that had maybe a, a deeper meaning that was more paranormal in nature. I know a lot of people that are skeptics, you know, have had imaginary friends or they've seen shadow people. They've seen shadows uh, when they were younger or they, you know, they saw an actual apparition or there was always that talk about a haunted house, you know, uh, down the street and, you know, going there. So, you know, go back and think about anything that stands out that would be considered paranormal that has no explanation, but for some reason or another, you, you just don't know how to categorize it. And I think a lot of this would be able to kind of shift their perspective and shift a lot of that thinking to, uh, to better understand, you know, the world of the paranormal and the world of psychics, mediums, and spiritualists. Do you, do you think that some of the skepticism is, is more based around fear, fear of something that's unknown, fear of something that they don't, they don't want to be true? Absolutely. Because I think, you know, the, the greatest thing is, is fear, you know, having that fear and just saying it's not true. And then, you know, if you come to the realization that it could possibly be true, you know, how would you be able to cope with it? A lot of people wouldn't be able to cope with it uh, very well. You know, they would be afraid. They would be scared. So I think a lot of people fear that this is something, you know, that maybe could potentially exist, but for some reason or another, they just don't want to believe. So many things that can go on in your daily life, I think that that would stand out as, you know, something that's paranormal in nature and you just wouldn't realize it. Okay. Okay, cool. So, Ray, we, we've been going through a number of different things today. Where where can people go if if they want to track the progress of your cards, if they want to order um, order the book? Where can they go to, to find out more about Raymond, how to connect with you, um, how to schedule time? Um, kind of give us some ideas of, of where all we can find that at. Sure. Um, thank you so much, Ted. Um, the actual website that they can refer to, which is the hub of everything that I do, is my website. It's www.raymondguzman.net. Um, if you go there in the homepage, I have a lot of the announcements or news section on the homepage. There you can go to the predictions tab. I have made a lot of, like Ted said, a lot of celebrity predictions They're there. They're scary. <laughs> Some of them are super scary. There's a, there's a couple in there that uh, 
you, you'll look at the date that he uh, he did the the prediction, um, and then you'll look at the date when it actually happened, and you'll uh, you'll notice that there's there's no way no way that he could have. Uh, back back done some of those things so it, it, yeah it's pretty it's not pretty something amazing. that you can make up or you know backdate it it's all documented there and a lot of the predictions that may have not come to pass like i tell a lot of my um the my audience you know and fans that are listening that you know a lot of things are more future oriented and as psychic mediums we're not god so we don't know everything you know and i'll, I'll stand very true to that you know i'm not god i don't know everything i only am allowed to give what i can tune in from spirit but yeah go and check that out on my website the predictions tab i also have um the readings tab where you can see all of the different types of readings that i offer then i have um my weekly horoscopes that i publish on my channel um yearly and monthly horoscopes and i also have the celebrity psychic series uh, celebrity psychic readings and mediumship readings so uh everyone from drake to rihanna to sam smith um, go and take a listen to a lot of these. Pay attention to my uh, YouTube channel. Um, the Instagram is at Psychic Medium Ray. I kept all of my handles, social media handles, or the names the same. So it's at Psychic Medium Ray. And like Ted said, he'll have all these listed. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go and make sure we'll have all those listed in the show notes. So, you know, you don't have to try and keep uh, track of every every place that Raymond's at. Uh, but we'll, we'll be able to uh, to give you a nice list of how to get a hold of them, how to find these different things. Hey, Raymond, I, I, I really, really appreciate you being on the show. This is something that uh, is a project for me, helping the rest of the folks out here um, learn more about how to uh, um, to increase their their vision and, uh, and hopefully be able to come to you for, for closure and for any help they may need. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for having me on your show. It's been quite a, uh, an event, um, you know, and an experience uh, being able to be here and give a first exclusive on, you know, my cards that I'm working on and I'm excited the book about as that, well. By the way. I'm yeah. excited to see you. <laughs> so there's a lot of good things coming. It's, it's, you know, I feel like I'm expanding and growing as a, as a person in this kind of career. So I'm really excited for a lot of the opportunities that are being, that are already coming my way and future projects. So um, thank you once again and have an amazing uh, rest of your day. That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show. 